Black Lives Matter. 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 Hi guys, welcome to DT Wave. Hi guys, so basically today we are switching up a bit, so we're actually doing a podcast video call with you guys. In the last podcast we mentioned how we are not educated enough on our own to speak about the Black Lives Matter movement, so that is why we got you guys to help us out and we chose some people to come on and help bring light to the topic. We want to stay relevant, so we've got a selection of people from different cultures, backgrounds, people who have experienced it firsthand, and they will be educating us and you guys on what's going on, what we can do, and the roots of the issue. I hope you stay tuned for the whole video because we have quite a few interesting discussions. And let us know what you think, any feedback, how we can improve, if this is something you'd like to see in the future. And yeah, what you think. And what this, is, this is the voice of our youth. So these people are representing you guys, your thoughts, opinions, and views. So enjoy. DT Wave supports Black Lives Matter. What are your opinions on the oppression Olympics? Oof. I genuinely think there are things are being said. Yeah, if you go on Twitter today, if you go on Instagram, yeah, you know, I've seen so many things about Palestine and Syria. It is being said. There is riots that have happened. I'm so sorry, yeah, but if you're following all girls and Instagram models and celebrities, that's all you're going to see on your feed. We control what we see on our media and who right. we follow. So if we're not seeing it, that's your that's a you problem, not us. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? That's, also, that's the thing, though. I think one main major thing is that you know, us as people of color, we because we're all we are all oppressed. No matter what shade on the spectrum you are, we can sympathize and we can empathize, and you know we can see the struggles that are going on. We can mourn for the Muslims that are getting slaughtered in India. Do you know what I mean? But exactly. we and even and we are doing all in our power to bring attention to these matters and be like, look, guys, why is no one talking about Kashmir? Why, you know what I mean? And in our scopes, that's everything. Like I always say, like sometimes I'll escape Black Twitter and be like, oh my gosh, people mm -hmm. are actually just living their lives as if nothing else is happening in the mm. world. But we don't have the power to make it like top table discussions you know it took me so long to press our university to put a stop to the racism and xenophobia that was happening to our like southern eastern students but that's the thing like we we see it because we feel it other people don't and we're not in those places in order to push that agenda um, now also add to that like um i think the main thing as to why because I, I personally for me i've actually had a lot of people pop up to me and go titus you know like your content on your Insta, your Snapchat, your Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, has always been very funny, very out there, this, this, that. But like, now you start talking about the BLM movement now, um, why is it you suddenly feel so emboldened and passionate to do it? I'm like, okay, cool. I, I understand, even before the, the, the movement had started to pick up more traction like this, I, I knew about the Uyghur Muslims, I knew about the Brazil climate change. I posted about it, you didn't pay attention to it, you only paid attention to it now because of the trend. The thing is, like, I want to kind of just backtrack to what Liber and Debbie said, like about um, how the information is out there. It's on Twitter, um, like Free Palestine, Kashmir, all that sort of stuff. It's out there. Um, and the thing is, like, we're all here today because we are aware of kind of what it is. And we've got an opinion one way or another. Right. But the general public overall 
don't have that kind of vision they it's it's just something that's popped up on their feed that someone's kind of retweeted that's it and black lives matter happens to be one of the only ones that has gained that top level traction Mm. and while it has let's support it yeah Yeah? while it has sure it's it's the first in line there should be many more to come you know like free palestine should be next up there like Mm. kashmir up there but it should be you know it shouldn't be this one's there why isn't this one like why isn't the other one there can i just say something as well so yeah go on yeah the media has an agenda so the reason the reason why we don't see certain things is because the media is not pushing it out there for us to see. So we can scroll through Instagram as much as we like, look through hashtags, but if the media is not pushing it, we're not going to see it. Things like the Uyghur Muslims, that's never been on the front newspaper, but what the Queen's wearing will be. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Facts, yeah. Inside of the media, pushing these agendas, pushing the problems that we have in the world outside for the general masses to see. Because only, only so many people use social media. It's a lot, but the older generation don't really use it as, as we do. Understand what I'm saying? So we need to find a way to get this information, get these problems out into the open for everyone to see and understand. Um, so like- I just say that the oppression Olympics is just quite pathetic. In any other situation, no one would behave like this. If someone told you that a child had died, your first reaction is never, oh, what about my cousin that died? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So now this week that Black Lives Matter has finally, not, it's not, I'm not even happy that it's finally got traction because it's horrible. And the circumstances that we're in are disgusting. And I just don't understand how, actually I do understand because people are evil and that's just how it is. But <laughs> there's people's mindset. Your first thing to jump to is, oh, how come my issues aren't being talked about? That's, that, if that's your mindset on any situation, if that's your mindset on any situation, then no one should ever say anything ever. Because yeah. there's always going to be an exactly. issue that's worth. There's always going to be an issue that's more relevant to you. It's, yeah. it's such a backwards, illogical statement when mm. someone brings up an issue to then reply with, what about my issue? Because otherwise we're never going to get anywhere. So why don't, instead of saying, what about my issue, why don't you just help this issue get to the point that it needs to then bring up your next issue. That would be a more logical thing. We can't solve everything at once. So everyone mm. bringing up their issues and trying to pick holes in this person's tweet and pick holes in what you posted and say, oh, but I feel like it doesn't matter. It's not really a sensible response to an issue. The bottom line is we're just trying to end racism. It's such a simple thing to ask. If someone's, we want to end racism by spreading the Black Lives Matter hashtag and your first response is, what about insert thing here? You kind of have to think about. Like, just think about your logic there. Does that really make sense? Yeah, and it counteracts from the movement as well. You're like directing the attention to something else, and that's mm. not where you're going. Exactly. Um, trying to bring all those points together. I studied um, media at A level, and we discussed about how media, like the news channels, take advantage of their viewers, especially their oh, passive yeah. viewers as well. Sure. Or like just open to everything and we studied about this thing called the hypodermic uh, needle theory uh, they have like this needle and they inject messages into the media to like kind of sidetrack people but it's like what Rashul said if if the media is talking about black lives matter finally let's take advantage of this matter like it's one of the oppressions that has been ignored for so many years like how, how after how many years has 
Black Lives Matter been this like popular and in demand? Well, let's let's literally all just take um, advantage of it and um, make the most of it. And it's like what Aidan said: oppression Olympics is stupid. Like, why are we trying to compare struggle? Let's work with one struggle and work our way down each each other's mm. struggle as well. I reckon like the f- people feel like they're entitled to diminish this movement because it is about black people and it kind of it's, it's it doesn't surprise me because we are the we're the group that across the world you will find people that oppress you, us you know what I mean yeah. you know, like, it doesn't matter do you know what I mean like right now we're in this country but we can go to another country and we'll be oppressed there and that's partly to do with colonialism and that spreading across the entire globe but it's also because people find it so hard to relate to us have you ever wondered why it is that the LGBTQ community and the movement has picked up so much over the years and do you know why it's because people can a easily identify with them they are top managers in this accounting firm, in that law firm, in the top of the NHS yeah. here, mm-hmm. who are either who are either a member of the community or have a family member. You know what I mean? It's more likely that you, as a white person in a position of power, will be in close contact with someone from that marginalised group. So of course, it's going to be easier for you to see that kind of argument. And this isn't me taking away from. The I think it's perfect but then why is yeah. it that no one focuses on the fact that stonewall was started by black transgender women you know the pros they are the ones that started this so how is it that the movement has now become so whitewashed people mm. they yes, sacrificed their life and where's the support from that do you know what i mean like yeah just to like back up your point a little bit like just back it up so for example how easy it was for bruce jenner to change into caitlin jenner I'm not taking anything away from you know the, the movement, but like it was harder harder for Muhammad Ali to change his name rather than it was for Bruce Jenner to change into Caitlyn Jenner, right? Um, so the next point I have is similar to what Debbie has just touched upon. But what do you guys think about the system in regarding schools, police, government, and jobs? Uh, about schools. So I was talking to my friend about this this morning. Popped up to him. I asked him. Did we ever learn about racism, KKK, from year seven to nine? And he said, no, but we didn't learn that in history. But we did learn it in other subjects, like drama, English. And I think uh, Titus said about the Jim Crow laws. I learned that in English, not in history. Mm. But my friend, my friend did say later on in A-levels, he learned about the Jim Crow laws, racism, KKK. And I think that's backwards. I think from year seven to nine, when you have that flexibility of choosing your syllabus, trying to construct a course, trying to, um, especially when you're that young, like messages can get just like flown into your head and it'll stay in your head as well. And I think the big issue of racism nowadays is like a lot of the parents are racist and that's what influences the children. So I think when you're coming into a school environment, you're, the children are open, like the children spend what, a quarter of their day in school and just being in that quarter of the day, their opinions can change. So I feel like if they taught more about racism, like in depth, in like the literature subject, like history, I feel like children could be way much, way much more educated and the way they think will be different as well. So the next time they go to call someone like a racist slur, they're like, actually, wait, they used to call these people back, these words back in the slave trade. Like, am I meant to be saying this? Like, 
but that's not the thought process right now. It's like, it's because they learn it later on in the year when the children probably drop out of school or probably finish with college and stuff like that. They're missing out on that vital like education, like the key education that they need to like at least understand the problems that are going around the world. So it is sad because like obviously over the years we've seen how fast and how advanced technology has increased and how you know our phones are getting more whatever it is. But it's so sad to see that the racism has not changed at all. Whereas yeah. technology has changed from such such a fast speed. So but racism this is, is still there. This is another thing that I said as well. I learned more from Twitter when I was yeah. 13 years old <laughs> than I did ever in my history lesson about yeah. like I knew about Black Lives Matter and Sandra Bland case all through Twitter. None yeah. about uh, yeah and like we used to watch um, stuff like in the inform time we used to watch stuff like news round yeah like yeah, yeah. why watch news round when you can probably educate us and go on bbc or like just yeah. at least like i feel like um teachers need to take more leadership in educating students and just being a bit more like open-minded about these type of stuff as well yeah can i just add on to jackets real quick as well yeah. like i actually learned a bit more about racism when i was younger through cartoons that's yeah. the funny part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually a Teen Titans episode and it was like Cyborg and St Starfire were talking. Now Cyborg had said something like, they, they wouldn't stop me if I was black. Because it was a kid's show, obviously. They couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amy probably knows what I'm talking about. But like, they couldn't insinuate what it was about. But then I started to think, whoa, 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 why was Cyborg like this, this, that? And then, you know, you, once you grew up a bit more, I was like, oh, damn. Mm, could I quickly just add one more thing? And I've been talking yeah. a lot. For this. No, I'm going to please talk a lot. Um, so <laughs> another thing I was talking to my friend about was uh, back in school in year nine, Black History Month, um, my history teacher played Kunta Kinte for uh, the first lesson and second wow. lesson. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That it was. It was like as if it was out of sympathy, done out of sympathy. Like, why don't you make us the same? The same way that you made us write about an essay about Titanic. Why don't you go make us write an essay about Kunta Kinte and racism that he faced, the slave trade, and yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, we learn about Henry the Eighth and his eight wives, but but we can't learn about racism and slave trade. Can I also say? Can I also say when they do teach us about black culture and black history in school, yeah. it's always the negative side. They don't mm. teach you about Mansa Musa and yeah. how he was but, um, on earth, how he controlled most of the earth. He had most of the wealth on the earth. They don't teach you about that stuff. It's only the stuff that they want you to know that suppresses you from learning about your culture further, which mm. is a shame, but that's how it is. That's, that's a really interesting point. Steve, I, think I was literally about to say, I was literally about to say that, like, I didn't take history for GCC and I remember learning about like the slave trade and all that sort of stuff. But now you've said that, I can see that, yeah, you're right. Because there has been no positives. I've, I've learned about the minorities. I've learned about Henry VIII and his eight wife. Do you know what I mean? You have to realise though about the English school system is that um, there, there's, a, there's a political agenda behind all of our education. Yes. And um, if you look at how kids are taught in other countries, such as in Germany, they're taught about the Nazis in quite detail and shown like the country, like they're quite frank with it. Like these horrible things happened in the past. And it's very important that you learn how they took place so that it's not repeated in history. England seems to be quite, um, they seem to be in this kind of state of mind at the moment that they're quite <laughs> innocent in history. They're, when they're in a really, bubble. Truly they committed most of the atrocities in recent history. And 
it's interesting why in school you'll never hear about any of it. You, yeah. you get a glorified report of World War I and II, which is great. It's very important that children in this country learn about World War II. And I'd also argue, I am not very surprised that we don't learn about black history because you have to remember this country, according to the census, we're only three, just over 3% black people in this country. So it's important for the majority of the kids to learn about British history. But to learn about British history by avoiding the parts about black history is what annoys me. They should make sure that we're giving, uh, even if they want to you know, make it seem more biased toward DK, but they cannot skip out, like you said, the positive things that black people have done and also skip out the negative things that this country has done so people can acknowledge that. Because that's, the definition of racism is thinking that you're superior to other races and it starts at school. It's, it's this thing of, we'll learn all these negative things about the other races and we'll never stop to look at the bad things that has happened under this country's rule. And I feel like if people just had a little bit of time to reflect on not everything that Britain did was so good and amazing, it would be a great step towards stopping mm. racism. They use the school. Guys, Marilyn wants to say something quickly. Marilyn. I keep cutting her head off yeah. her. Right. <laughs> I really want to add on this because this was, this was why I co-founded Black History Foundation um, over 20 years ago. I was really concerned that there was nothing um, being taught in the schools. And so we, it's a voluntary organization. And I think that's the first time I met Titus, um, if you remember, at your, at your school. Yeah. Yes. Um, so and and apparently I've been given the nickname of the October Lady because of uh, <laughs> but I wanted to tell you that with this Black History every year when I'm being interviewed, I go through the question: Why should we? This always comes up with you know we're talking about. But it's very important for us to teach in the very young about black history. And with diverse learning now, we actually go to the libraries and we read to three schools. We're starting to introduce um, at a very, very early age. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's extremely important. It's one of our biggest um, um, objectives in our, in, our, um, in our calendar. So um, I just wanted to add that. Thanks. I have a question for Marilyn quickly. Um, so do you know you said about um, how you work with um, stop and search, something about stop and search. Um, so when police actually stop and search people of coloured skin, do you have like a, a, a figure of how successful they are and actually finding like them of possession of something? Um, yes, um, I started this uh, 15 years ago because I was stopped and searched several times um, yeah. when I was driving my car. Um, we, we were on a panel that worked with the Home Office, so that now you actually have a piece of paper if you stopped and searched. Before, there was no record yeah. of what Now, on the stop and search panel, we now actually have statistics, which, were, which is 61 number K. But we actually, Irma and I, every three months, we go to Lewis Station and we look so that we can see why, this, why was somebody stopped, who stopped them? That's very, very important because sometimes it's the same police officer. Yeah. <laughs> the sources 
they need to be, we have recommendations, like do they need more training? What's happening? Why are they doing this all the time? Um, and we actually went on a stop and search. Uh, um, uh, um, we went on, we spent a, a night with and went with them as, as they were doing their work to see how they decide who to stop and search. It's funny that when they were with me, they didn't stop anybody on that night. Um, oh, cool. It's, a, it's a, every, every month we go through the paper and we actually say, this, this doesn't look fair. What happened? And we have recommendations. I think, um, especially with the youth as well, um, we need to teach them how to um, react when they do get stop and search because I feel like a lot of people get very threatened, threatened by it. But I feel like a lot of stuff that we can educate young people as they grow up on how to react when they do get stop and search. Like, I don't think a lot of people know that they're allowed to record police officers back. I feel like they're obliged to keep their hands beside them whilst they get searched, that they're not allowed to have a phone on them. So I think that's going to be something um, that will revolutionise stop and search, especially within the... There's specific public. questions you can ask as well. You can ask a police officer back but, as yeah, well that people yeah, don't know about. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I feel like um, even if, even if um, schools don't, even if schools don't do it, I feel like we could take the responsibility in just educating people in these type of matters as well. Uh, can I say something going back to secondary school? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I feel like racism isn't really taken seriously in schools. Because, like, for example, I went to Oriel, and that's mainly a white school. And particularly yeah. in my year, there wasn't a lot of black people or just any person of colour, really. And I particularly remember there wasn't any black girls until year eight, and one joined. And as soon as she joined, people were saying, oh, she's a perfect match for this other black boy, saying, oh, they'd be the best couple there, all this, just basically saying that they're meant to be together just because she was black also. And there was always comments being said in classrooms and things like that. And people would just laugh and the teachers wouldn't take it seriously. Like at all, they would just turn a blind eye to it. They might like send them out of the classroom or something, but they won't take it as seriously as it needs to be. So I feel like because people went to school with that, and people of power around them, like the teachers, were allowing it. Their mindset didn't change. So as they grew into adulthood, they still think saying these kind of things is all right. And no one would ever stop them and say it's wrong until they say something like really bad and then they finally can think that it's wrong. But I feel like school should be take racism more seriously because if they do, then people will grow out of the mindset that people are different and we will at least try to treat people equally. I've got something to add on to Zeneca's point. So Debbie and Hayley, obviously we all went to Millet and I think it is so important for teachers to actually realise that there is an issue because personally I would turn down opportunities to do at school because I felt like, oh my God, I'm going to be the only brown girl doing this. Why would I want to do it if I'm going to be the only person of my colour in this whole room? I, I can relate to that. And I just feel like <laughs> it's so important for a teacher to be able to recognize this and motivate that student because it shouldn't matter about the color of your skin or what opportunities you do or where you go or who you talk to it that that should not even be in the equation so i feel like that is something that schools really really need to enforce and just make every student feel like they shouldn't look at their skin color twice before thinking about doing something that's why i want to big up everyone on this uh, call today because young people are going to like look up to people like us and like for sure, it's like what you guys just said as well. Like you, we had to look up to ourselves before anyone else. So exactly. it's good that we're given, like especially DT Wave, they're given a platform to young people to at least look up, look up to someone 
of like a diverse skin color and like uh, to achieve something in life as well. So yeah, big up DT Way. Um, um, school issue. I think that issue actually primary school. Because the amount of times you've had people go like, oh, when I was younger, I didn't want to be brown, I didn't want to be black, because everyone yeah. yeah. Teach them it from when they're young, even like the simplest way, like, you know, the brown eyes and the blue eyes sort of thing. In the simplest way, just like teach them, it's not, it's not wrong to be something different, because that's when you're most influential. Like, I remember at my school, I swear, when I was at primary school, it was like a private school, and it was like mainly white people. And I was in like a brown girl, and whenever I get picked up or like if it was like um, a P group, I'd be the last one picked. And it wasn't because I had no friends, I did. It was like, because they didn't want like, the brown person on their team sort of thing. And if you had them, it was kind of like, you're gonna lose already. And everyone had that mindset. Like if, if you were really the brown person, it meant you were different to everyone else. So you'd get singled out for being that person's friend. And when like more brown people came, I remember I heard some parents go like, oh, now they're all joining. And I just thought if like a little kid heard that, that's going to stick with them for life like they're all joining sort of thing like oh that's those sort of people and I just feel like people treat us like we're a group that are like what's the word like invading places like when I heard like oh the brown people are invading like the private school I just thought like what is that teaching your kids because they're gonna go to secondary school having that sort of attitude and that's when the problems start yeah mm. I totally agree with that yeah, absolutely agree too does anyone else have anything to add I was just gonna say that well, back to education by the way you know the whole whitewashing of history I think that is so important like for example let's look at Remembrance Day every Remembrance Day it's almost like the brown and black people aren't even involved in it like I don't know if anyone agrees with that I'm so sorry but my great-grandfather was in both world wars so I don't understand why you think that I'm not like I'm not mourning or I'm not this like if I'm gonna if she doesn't wear a poppy or this I'm so sorry like so many of us we were um, okay let's actually get into a history lesson right now we were bought from our countries to come into this war, war and even then we were still seen as below the lowest ranking white officer and you can search that up that is the truth and the amount of racism that was in the war like for example the muslim um, when you had a bullet you'd have to bite your bullet before you put it in your gun so the muslim officers used to have um like pig like like gelatin around theirs and the hindu ones used to have um beef and they would have to do it because they were in the war like no one talks about that side of the war or that side of education or that side where they used to come over like and i'm so sorry like, i'm actually quite scared to say but like rape and like kill our people during the war and that was that's war crimes and those were war crimes that, that were committed but no one talks about that side of the war why is it that we we think so highly of the three quarters of the world that the british empire took over but what about the amount of blood we have on our hands no one talks about the amount of blood that we have on our hands and that we may never see like the amount of karma we're gonna get man i'm scared like <laughs> that's the thing Britain needs to get to the point where it owns up to its history. That's exactly what Aidan was saying. That's exactly what you're saying. Like, until we own up, and I'm saying we because, you know, I got two passports. I got my British passport. Yeah, exactly. I'm British. Like, I'm British. British. Like, we need to own up to that because until we do, we'll actually never go forward. Like, have you ever, like, this is something I learned. So I went to Germany, like, in September and we went to Berlin and a lot of the like war m museums and all them stuff and it was interesting to see how the Nazi party had actually spread across Europe 
And then now that the Nazi party isn't in power, obviously, Germany, like Aidan said, has invested on educating the young people there up, all the way up. They don't have, okay, they're still a bit racist, but like everyone's a bit racist. But what, if you look at all the other countries that were under Nazi power, that's still where there is a lot of racism. Look at Italy. It, Italy's very racist. It's, it's just the tourist spots that aren't really, do you know what I mean? Like, until we can own up to colonization and what that did in whatever aspect it was, we'll never move past it because we're still reaping the effects of it now. Anyway, you know what? Sorry, going back. Going back to the Italy thing, it just remind me. Do you remember when, like, so there's a big thing in the news where Mario Balotelli had this, like, why always me thing? And um, that, like, sparked outrage. They're like, oh, why is he doing that? Blah, blah, blah. But imagine he did that, like, tomorrow. Like, there would be no outrage. There'd be so much support. And that just, that's a testament of how much we've kind of improved and how much we can still improve, you know? We're on the up. Let's That's why I hate way. the argument of can we, can we, are we going to progress? Like, we clearly are in front of our eyes, we can see the progression happening. So, although um, I would say, like, when the Premier League's posted, like, yeah, like, this is I'm it. there looking at you, like, yeah. We're just gonna ignore the racism in football. Like it's that's, not that's what I was literally about to say. Like, like previous season, I'm pretty sure there was loads of like Man City fans that were doing like monkey gestures to the guys. Yeah. I think Emma wanted to say something, so if we could go to her quickly as well. I just wanted to talk about uh like schools and the agenda and like what Aiden's talking about the government push the agenda into schools so you, they teach you these things they give you these textbooks and they don't include certain things for a reason so when they don't talk about it from the other side like do you get what i mean like they're doing that for a reason and then i want to go back to what um Pranit said as well when she was talking about i was just thinking like in year six we all learn about sex education from a young age we learn about stuff like that but we don't learn about racism and we don't learn about sensitive topics like that but we can learn about sex education at such a young age and it's not really relevant to learn about that when you're 11 years old do you get what i'm saying so i just think that it does just need to all be changed like completely because it's, it's ridiculous when you think about it it's because in the uk they, they don't think they're racist that's probably the thing that i've learned the most this week the thing i've learned the most this week is that if you some people, okay, I, I really hope a lot of people watch this because this is something that everyone needs to understand. Yeah. And here, yeah. As, as a white person, actually, not, not even as a white, as any person, right, you can't say something and then say, oh, well, I'm not racist. It's like oh my gosh, yes. racism. So Being racist you. is not something that can right. be on your birth certificate. It doesn't say your name, your, <laughs> age, your date of birth, your weight, and if you're racist or not. Racism is something that you can do without knowing because Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not an intrinsic like part of your being. It's an action. Racism is an action. It can be in your words, in your behaviour, in your thoughts. It's it's something that you cannot go around saying I'm not racist, but and then carry on saying racist things to me. And that's a lot of things I've I've seen this week. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating because it's like people don't want to take any responsibility. And that's I feel like that's one very it's very it's been very clear this week in the UK, mm-hmm. that's how they're trying to go about this. It's like, 
oh my days, look what's happening in America. Look at all those. Yeah, like, their police are so horrible. Like, can you imagine? Like, yeah. It's like the UK. Like it doesn't happen they over have here these too. Roasting the UK people. Oh, it think that anything they're doing is wrong and that America is so bad. Oh my days, look at those guys. He is not yeah. that bad. Okay. And like, more like Dave undercover. said famously, UK are so proud about being the least racist place in Europe. That's but right. Racist is the word racist. And they need to work on actually not being racist rather than just being waving this least racist flag. Because mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah, I'd say I, I, I'd probably rather live in England than in Italy if I'm talking about the racism I'd, I'd go through. But to, since I went to university in Bristol, a place which is only a city because of the slave trade, and everything in my uni was built on slave traders' money, and everything's named after a slave master. I still, I still have encountered racism on multiple occasions, but there is such a reluctance in this country to accept that racism exists. Racism is still here. It's always, oh, I'm not racist. Oh, that's not really racist. Oh, you're just playing the race card. Oh, and it's just, it's really tiring. I don't understand how people that can never experience racism can talk about a white person can't experience racism in this country mm. and that's something probably another topic that we can go on to this whole reverse racism uh, racism cannot yeah, be experienced yeah. by a white I'll person i don't care what you try and like as a british white person you can't experience racism no matter how hard you, you try in again the oppression olympics to try and say oh reverse racism it it, it can't because no. there's no situation where you can be in a place where you're not in a position of power or in a position of privilege anyways that's another point but anyways well, why is it- why is it called reverse racism and not oh, just yeah. racism? Exactly, that's just yeah, people's exactly. ignorance. Exactly. What's racist. the reverse of racism? Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's just, really, that whole thing is just absolute. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait, guys, real quick. Just to end my point, people need to, the UK needs to accept that they're racist before we can make any steps because they're, they have a very weird approach to it at the moment about, oh, it's not that bad. That's rather than thinking, not that bad is still not. Good enough. Not good, you know. Not good. Yeah. yeah. All right, you. You want to say something before before oh, I say no. something yeah. else? I just wanted to uh, just point this out. There's currently a movement to include British colonialism inside the British curriculum right now. It's called fill in the gaps. But I can't really find the link. I was trying to find it the whole time. But yeah, just to let you guys know that uh, there is a petition coming up. Joe, it 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 does. Okay. It's genuinely heartwarming that there is improvement. You know, there's not enough. By any means, like there's not enough by any means at all, but there is improvement, you know. And I think it's so easy to get lost in this negativity, and rightly so for some people. But like, there is positives too. Titus, no, guys, I'm so sorry. Finish up what you're saying, Rich. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. Um, so just to add on to what Aiden said, because that literally sparked something, right? The best example of racism in the UK is the way it's done passive aggressively. I remember when I was working in, um, this is, I, don't, I don't think Shelly was on the ship with me, but I remember a woman came up to me and I'm, and I'm very well spoken, but I remember this woman came up to me and she said, you know what? For, for someone like you, you speak very well. Oh, In- I, no, 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 no. Instantly, instantly, I knew what I said. So to follow up, I didn't say anything. I just smiled. And then she said, oh, what? Oh, my God. Like, compliment. I was you like, don't know English. Oh, my God. You don't know English. What? Oh, my God. This was in the UK, guys. In That's got we care for. That's a place. And I'm sure. That is a place I'm, of I'm sure all of you in. experienced some form of this as well. Like, so, yes. oh. I didn't yes. realize your grades were so well for someone yes. like you. Oh, yes. you, you do so well. I've never met someone that you know like you, me that's. Do- 
So, what? so you just, do that. You do that me, in your let culture. Me, what? Let, me just, let me just quickly add. Let me just quickly add everyone that's um that's gonna be listening to this later on. Especially if you are not a person of color, do not. You have to be very careful what you say and understand is all that because yeah. you think it's a compliment it really isn't it's and not. it's actually it's, it's, it's through and that's the environment we're trying to tackle right now any Don't compliment with the word actually is not a compliment do not use connectives do not use connectives to describe just say what you want to say and leave it there you speak very well thank you i, I would have said thank you Rob, but for, you know okay cool cool thank you guys i'm not exploding <laughs> <laughs> i feel that one um, there's actually a term for things like that. It's called a, a microaggression, um, and I learned about it in college. Um, we studied, <laughs> I did a whole uh, campaign in this. I'm with you with this microaggression. Yeah, so, so we studied um, we studied a poetry book. Um, it's called Sister, and it's by Claudia Rangi. Um, and she really described everything like brilliantly. It helped me learn so much about like what you guys go through all the time. That and and it's things like microaggressions that we need to be actively calling out. You know, it's mm -hmm. not enough to not be racist. We have to be anti-racist all the time. And especially like mm -hmm. someone like me with white skin, like I should be the people, I should be the one calling these people out because like I have that power. So yeah, I'm <laughs> can, can I just say, can I just no, say in, in a way, in a way, every everyone has everyone has experienced some type of racism especially through stereotypes i can't yeah. stress this enough we need to stop stereotyping everything if you stereotype something you've already put in a category for example i could be walking down the street and people look at me and be like oh why is he walking so quickly why is he walking so aggressive they've already stereotyped yeah. the person no that one I wants to sit next to me on the train no one wants exactly. to sit next to me on the train <laughs> not that i care i don't care but it's, anyway, it's like... not good you, if you talk about a chinese person yeah i've seen a few friends have done this and they talk about a chinese person they'll say ching chong when you shouldn't do that why yeah. what, what's the need to do that or ling ling i've heard that so much it's so rude and that's one of the things that need to be nipped quickly before that spreads and it will continue to spread if we can carry on doing it. Uh, can I just say something about that? I feel like a lot of people in the black community especially, they feel like it's okay to be racist against other races, yeah. like yes. especially yeah. like Asians. Uh, that I don't understand at all because as a race, as a whole, you are, um, what's the word, being exposed to racism yourself so why would you want to direct that to someone else like it makes that's no sense to me and i feel like a lot of people say oh it's all right i can say that black, black people are racist you're black, but you're not asian yeah. so and asians as well asians that? still have the class system as well yeah. 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 and it's so sad to see it's like okay well i'm this caste you're this caste so why don't you go that. on that side and we'll that. stay on this side and then we won't talk to wait the caste system still exists that is mad. I do you know, yeah, that do, one surprised me. Do you know who pushes this the most as well? Social media, they push it the most. They will say, Oh, white people can't dance, or this black person can't oh, swim. Or yeah. you know what I mean? So social yeah. media really does push these narratives and then that creates a divide, a divide yeah. that we don't need, that we're trying to that we need to be the ones to close. That's Basically, the thing. The whole, like, no, two thousand to two thousand and ten generation of YouTubers got famous yeah. for exploiting those kind of stereotypes. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like it's a weird dichotomy. It's like the, it, those kind of jokes make so like get so many clicks and views, but it is a quite a deep rooted issue. Like, obviously, I, I respect KSI. Like, he's done. He's one of the best like YouTubers that's made a living for himself. But you have to admit, a lot of his early content was 
absolutely rinsing the whole stereotype. Oh. That's he, a lot of um, YouTubers, yeah. even like Superwoman. Yeah. Like she, like exactly. she thrived off making racist jokes, but because she was Asian, it was allowed. Yeah, it was allowed. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that because of where we are, we feel like we have to, because that's kind of the way that, you know, other people are seeing us. So, you the know, coping mechanism. in the... In the schools that we were in, for example, there's certain comments that you know you'll just let slide because it's just me and my other black friend in our year group. Like, I'm not gonna say anything, you know what I mean? Like, and you have I a tendency the way you deal with it is you laugh it off, you just laugh, you yes. laugh at it. Yes. But then you Literally. think, wait, I'm laughing at myself, why am I making myself look like a clown? Well, you know what? That, I, used but that's the thing. I used to that's make the the jokes before anyone else could, so that <laughs> no one else could say <laughs> it. Like that. that is exactly what I used like, to do as well. I already got the joke, right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. It's true that people make jokes on themselves and people laugh with them, not at them. And you know, it's kind of like trying to claim it back. It's the way that black people were always saying yeah. we want to reclaim the N-word, we want to reclaim the N-word. Fair enough. However, at the moment it can still be used by the people oppressing us. You know what I mean? There is still power behind that word. That word in itself is so heavy with connotation. And yeah. we litter it in everything I do. And we do, but we can go back to that. My point that I wanted to say was that like there's also an oppression Olympics within our own communities and within generations. So I just want to right now, like I said, I'm fighting with my mum because she'll she'll say stuff like, You haven't experienced racism like I have. And I'm just like, why why is that an argument? Because I will never understand the racism that you experience. However, I'm actually more open and learn more about the racism you experience and the racism that our grandparents and our ancestors over here and here do because of where we are now. And it's something that's actually like burning my soul and has burned my soul since I was younger because we experience it in different ways. That mm. doesn't that doesn't lessen at all. It's that thing of, you know, you'll come home and you'll start complaining about something and then your parents are like, oh, you don't know what a hard life is. We used to walk 30 miles to school. And oh, oh, I yeah. know. I'm bored of it, mate. Yeah. I'm bored of hearing yeah. that one. Like, do you know what I mean? Why are you throwing that back in my face? Because you <laughs> and you always say that you wanted to give me better opportunities so that I wouldn't have as hard of a life as you did. So why on earth are you throwing it back when I come like this? It's like when we have an exam, you know, when you're sitting your GCSEs and you go to your older and they're like, oh, you have no idea how hard you mm. Wait till you get to A-levels. Wait till you get to uni. Or you'll complain about uni work and your parents are like, ah, oh, this is the easy part. You know, life hasn't even hit you yet. Cool. I can't go into the future. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I sure. I know that life is only going to get harder. But how does that help me now? How it, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, if we if we always use that argument, then none of us can act, should actually be fighting the racism that we're feeling now because it will never compare to the slavery. It will never compare to the lynching. It never will. It's different, no. and we need to accept that. We need to accept the differences because. It's gonna, this is causing a divide. You know, there's adults that are thinking, and yeah, I don't know, you've probably seen videos all around, like, why are these kids so angry? Like, why is, what are they protesting for? They don't have it half as bad as we did, you know? Yeah. And it's frustrating because that shouldn't be a negative thing. If anything, it should be, okay, you know, from the, you know, we've come a long, we have come a long way from Martin King and Malcolm X, 
but we still have a long way to go we've come mm. a long way from when our ancestors were literally they slit the throats of their keepers you know it was never it was never, mm. never chill like that we've come so far so it actually it puts us down as young people it diminishes our the racism that we face because if we're always going to be thinking well they don't we don't have it as bad as the slaves did like we won't go anywhere you know <laughs> like and that's why i really think that we need to learn about race in a different way even when we're at home and i think that narrative needs to be opened up like I don't know, like a person, like, I don't know, when I was young in school, I, was, I grew up in very white areas like you guys did, and it would be mm. like, I played the clarinet, so I'd go to orchestra and people would be like, why are your gums so dark? Oh. And I'm just there like, hmm, okay. And then, mm. like, even in schools, like, I, if, how many times was I called the N-word to my face? How many times did I report it? How many times did nothing happen from that? You know, like, I know for I know that our parents struggled. If there's anyone that's watched our parents struggle, it's us, the kids. We've seen the we've seen the sleepless nights, we've seen the tears, we've seen all of this. However, that doesn't mean that we can't experience racism too. I was the one, one black kid in my primary school, you know, all of this stuff, touching yeah. up my hair, pushing around, all these things, like our lives will never be the same. Just like my experience as a black woman can never compare. So I will never completely relate to Aiden's experience as a black woman. I wouldn't relate to your experience, Shelley, you know, but I can relate on a woman level, you know? I just, it, it, it really frustrates me. This is something that annoys me as well. Like people, you, they bully us for our features, right? So I, throughout the whole of school, always people would be like, why are your lips so big? Like, they're so oh, ugly. This, they just want to be like, sorry, you, same you, same you same girl, like, like, I'm six hundred injections. Okay, injections. So, like, come, like, come at me now, I'm ready. So, <laughs> <laughs> the same one that make fun of us, you know, with our big bums. Also, go back to the history. <laughs> Circuses, they used to keep us in cages. We were attractions. Mm. And now you're going up and doing up Turkey, you're going Brazil, you're getting all the <laughs> that don't even look natural, but you can't even appreciate. <laughs> and anyone who's listening to this all our features. And wait, wait, wait. you're not seeing so, the beauty of where it came from. I think I think it's important. Like I I just want to like backtrack a little bit. So um I can't remember who was saying it now, but it's like we're all here on this call, yeah. And we're we're open to kind of tackling racism, not just from what you're receiving from other people, but racism within your own culture as well. So none of us are on no. this high horse. None of us are on this high horse. And imagine what the world would be like if everyone just just listened and like was just open to learning. Do you know what I mean? Like just learning about mm. what other people feel. Imagine that. That'd be unreal. The world is very closed off because of the device that we hold in our hands. I think Irma, oh. Irma wants to say something quickly. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> Hi, you know, I've sat here and I've listened to all you youngsters talking and it's great to hear you. And I mean, I cannot change my color. I was born this way, I'm going to die this way. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I have come through this life in the white country and i'm from barbados and we have five percent white there as well so i know racism from birth and i've come and i've lived here i've lived with black i've lived with asians i've lived with chinese 
and I live obviously with love. But what I always say to us, we have to start loving ourselves, loving yeah. one year. No validation from others, that's what it is. Someone just mentioned there about Asians and blacks and things like this. And we we look at the black and white and we complain. But we even on this screen, we have to love and respect each other. Yeah. You know? You, I can you can come to my house and have a meal. I know you're Muslim, so I wouldn't do anything that's against your religion. If you're Hindu, I'm not gonna come and um, serve you beef. But when we can get together and probably teach our parents that a black person or Asian or Muslim or Hindu or Sikh, they're all the same. Yeah. Underneath the color of our skin, we're all the same. Once we, we bleed get red, together we all bleed red. and be, be okay with us, we can join united and say to the white man, look, we are all the same human. There's one race and that's the human race. Yeah.